0: If you would open up in your in your Bibles, we're going to be over in Luke chapter 10, chapter verse 38 eventually, not just quite yet. There was two men; they were on a long journey. The one day they were walking, and the um, the the one said to the other, "He says, you know, you can never focus on anything for very long. You always seem to be distracted by something." And so the second, of course, disputed this claim. He says, no, 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 I can concentrate on things. I can focus on stuff. He says, oh yeah? He says, I want you to do this. While we're walking here, walking on down the road, for the next five minutes, I want you to just focus on God and pray for five minutes. If you can do that for five minutes while we're walking here down the road, then I'll buy you a banana split. And so the man said, all right, you're on. And so they were walking on down the road. And about two minutes later, the second man went over to the first and said, can I get that banana split with extra ice cream and extra cherries? Sometimes we all can be just a little distracted. Just a little... Too much looking at the things that are going on around us, and we don't quite focus on the things that are important, on the things that we need to focus on. Last week, we were looking at the road back. Of course, we covered some of the principles we learned on the path of a doubter. The common components we saw that people that were doubters had hard hearts. They were resistant to the truth of the word. They were denying facts, faults, and weaknesses in themselves, and they doubted God's power and promises. We saw that the past began first off with people who became what? Critical of others. Once once they followed that, then the next step was they would begin to judge the motives of others without talking to them. The third was to blame others for their own problems, dilemmas, and shortcomings. Fourth was to justify their own actions to those that were not even involved. And the fifth was to recruit allies. Now, once one was on the path of a doubter, they would all start, all the ones that we looked at in the Word of God, all started here at the first, first step. They didn't always get to the fifth, but they would begin to progress and begin to work their way on through and step on, on down. And then last week, we looked at the disciples. I appreciate all those of you who gave us such support and told me that in heaven... What your expectations were. (laughs) That you all were going to stay clear of me and expected there to be a a mob of 11 people. (laughs) And though it's true we picked on the disciples quite a bit last week, we did use their own words to do so. But it's also true that the disciples may have been stupid. May have been uh, not doing so well at picking up on the teaching that Jesus had done. But boy, when they got going they surely turned the world around. And they showed everyone that Jesus did pick 11 good men. And that they went out and they did some things. But we have another one to to look at here today. And we're going to see some of these same things going on in the path of a doubter. And some of the things that hindered her. In Luke... Chapter 10, verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Sounds innocent enough. Jesus comes to a city. Martha saw the opportunity. And you'll have to change this in your outline. My spell checker changed my word. And uh, I, I meant it to put in there seizes, and it put in there ceases. So just change that on over there. I didn't realize that until after it got printed. But Martha seeing an opportunity seizes it. And invites Jesus into her home. Now, we get a little bit of the idea of the personality of Martha. Maybe you know a Martha. Martha saw that the big-name preacher was coming into the city. No, actually, the village. And so she saw the opportunity. Oh, oh, oh. Maybe I can get him to come to my house. And so she gets out there. And before anyone else gets the opportunity to invite, because some of the people are, are thinking, oh, Jesus might have some things he needs to do first off when he gets here to the village and after he finishes those things or maybe he's he's uh, got a certain time he was supposed to be here for the meeting and they're kind of respectful of those things, but not Martha. Martha is probably one of those people who just as soon as she saw Jesus, it doesn't matter what Jesus was involved with, it doesn't matter where Jesus was going, Jesus needs to stop and listen to me. Jesus, Jesus, do you have any place you're going for lunch? Do you have any place that you're setting up for the meeting? Can I help you with that? Would you like to come over to my house? My house is open. We've got a big, big area. We can hold at least, you know, 20, 30 people in there. Uh, would you like to come on over here? And so Jesus obliges and, and heads on over. Now, I don't know if this is a spur of the moment invite or if it was a if it was known that Jesus was coming. But some of you ladies who put together some of these meals may understand the difference. That if you know someone is coming to dinner, you go out to the store ahead of time, and you buy the stuff that you need. You make sure you have all the ingredients, all the spices, all the extra things that go along, because some people do cook vegetables with their meat. <laughs> and you want to make sure that you have some of those, and that they're all around, and they're, and they're readily available. That you have some onions, that you have some garlic, that, you, that the house is clean. That you have places for people. Don't you begin to work on all these things and get all this sort of stuff taken care of? And then you also have those times when the, the husband was out with the guys and they all said, Oh, did you know the game was on tonight? Oh, really? Hey, your house is closer. Can we come over? Sure, my wife won't mind. And he comes on in, you know, with eight of his best friends. There's a difference between the meal that is planned and the meal that is suddenly thrust upon you. Now, Martha, it's not quite where, you know, the husband invited some people over. It's that she went on out, saw Jesus, invited Jesus, had him come on over. Whether she knew Jesus was coming to town and started to make some preparations just in case she might be able to get Jesus, or if she just saw Jesus come on in, you can understand that depending upon which way that went, there was either a very hectic household before Jesus came or a very hectic one after He came. I'm going to probably assume that it was the latter, but either way, Martha is in the kitchen and she is busy. Well, this would give us an, an indication of what was going on in the kitchen. What was going on in the kitchen? Well, if it was in, impromptu, and where she just heard Jesus was coming and went on out there, and you invited somebody to come on over with, you know, you know, the 11 disciples are coming. That's 12 people right there. That can tax a lot of people. And then, you know, probably some other folks came along as well. And then, you know, once the family hears that you have Jesus over, what are they doing? Oh, of course we can come. (laughs) So you got all your family members, and then you got Jesus and his 11 disciples. That's a crowd right there. I don't know how many other people came along, but however it was, Martha's in the kitchen getting things ready. You know, she probably got a couple of nephews and nieces came on over, sent them out to the 7 Eleven to get some paper plates. Stuff like that. But, you know, as far as the food was concerned, she's in there. She has to make it up. And so she's in there going along and making it. And, you know, some of the family who came over, she saw some of them coming over. And, oh, well, surely Mary will come in and help me. And so this is what's going on in the kitchen. Martha's in there getting ready for the crowd. Now, she can't blame anybody else for the crowd because she invited them. She invited Jesus. Might be some extra people coming along that she wasn't anticipating, but she wanted to have Jesus come. And for some people, just to have Jesus come into the house, her house. He came into this village, but he's in my house. This gives her bragging rights for a long period of time. Because people who have this mentality like to brag about who's been there. Who they entertained, who they had, and so forth. And Martha is probably one along those lines. Verse thirty nine, and she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now, what's Martha doing? Do you do that sitting down? I would think that's pretty tough to do sitting down, and because uh, you know it's, you're just you're always moving. You got to move from the refrigerator to the stove. You don't just sit in any one one spot. You have to be moving around. And you know, if you're over here cutting, you got to be over there in the, the stove stirring. And if you have to use stir, you got to go over to the refrigerator and get something out of the refrigerator. Go back over to the countertop, prep something. Go over to the stove and stir. I saw one of those neat little gadgets that comes on those um those things, automatic stirrer. Holy cow! Almost ordered one. <laughs> Except I'm not in the kitchen stirring much, so i have to see if my wife wants one of those automatic stirs. I thought that looked look pretty good, though. You set that thing right up there and it just stirs. That'd be all right. That could, uh, that could help out. But uh, I know from you know, just being in the shop, people a lot of times will come up to me and say, wouldn't it be better if you can just sit and stand? Well, you can't sit and stand because the boards are long. And you're walking to this side and walking to this side and, and turning this. and So, you know, you're always, always up. And I imagine this is the same way for the ladies in the kitchen. The times I've been in the kitchen, I don't remember ever being able to sit. So, Martha is in the kitchen, standing, and Mary is in the living room, sitting. Now, nothing bothers a person who is standing and working more than another person who is sitting. Not working. Sitting. That bothers some people. You know, if The all the guests come on over and and crashing the house, and they all go and sit in the living room to watch the game and start calling out, Oh, I need another soda. That can get you a little irritated. I'm in here working, standing, working, and you're in there sitting. And so you can kind of get the idea of what's going on in the kitchen here. Martha's in the kitchen, and she is going back and forth, coming to the door and looking out, and what's Mary doing? Sitting. Now. Probably, Martha is not looking at anyone else but Mary. Because Mary is the only one she has the expectation of that she would come into the kitchen and help. She's not expecting Lazarus. You know, she she grew up with the guy. He's not going to help. He's useless in the kitchen anyway. He would burn water. (laughs) So, that's not going to help us out. Lazarus is going to be no good at all. But, uh, you know, there's Mary and And, you know, the disciples, none of them look like they could cook a thing. So we're not really looking for them to to help out. But there's Mary. I know what Mary can do. Mary can cook. Of course, she's not as good as me, Martha would probably be saying, because, you know, people of this personality generally know no one else is as good as they are. Even if you tried, they'll, they'll talk to you. You all know people like this? They'll talk to you. Oh, that was so nice. And inside are thinking, mine's far better. (laughs) <laughs> and you even know they're thinking that you can even hear it in their voice they're, 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 they're just going over how much better theirs is so she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word so the, the idea here is that Jesus comes on in and whether he meant to teach in the house or if people just started asking him questions and he started answering questions it could be any of those kind of things because generally if you get someone like Jesus in the room you're not talking about the flyers you know, you just—that's just not the way you're going to go. You want to find out some things about because the time is getting close. What about the coming Messiah? What about the uh, end times? Maybe. What about you know what the Pharisees are doing? What about what the Romans are doing? How should we respond to this thing? How should we do this? What does the word mean on this? And you'd be asking—you have all kinds of questions. You can come and Jesus is just sitting there. I mean, he's not doing anything right now, so we can just start asking them some questions and. And Jesus starts answering. And then one question, you know, leads into another question. And that question leads into another question. And before you know it, you have a full-blown teaching session going on. And here's Mary sitting at the feet just soaking it all in. Maybe she even asked a couple of questions. And Martha's in the other room. And what would be going through your mind if you had the personality of Martha? What would be happening here? Would you be thinking, glory to God. I get to make dinner for all of these people. This is such a blessing to be able to be in here by myself and make dinner for all of these people. This is such a blessing. Oh, And I'm sure she is just rejoicing and giving thanks to God. And just, Father God, thank you for having Jesus come here to my house today. This was just such a neat thing. I mean, I didn't know if he would come, but I extended the invitation and he came. And oh, this is so wonderful that Jesus is here. And you could see the big smile on her face. And she's sitting there saying, boy, and I'm, I get to do this all by myself. And everyone else gets to be out there and just enjoy what's going on. Can you see this happening with Martha? No, It's not happening with Martha. What's going on with Martha? How come I'm in here all by myself? I should at least have somebody, somebody else helping me. They could at least stir. They could at least cut some things. I mean, they could at least offer. No one even offered. I couldn't even turn anybody down. Nobody even came in. Hey, is there anything I can do? No, 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 that's fine. You just go in there and sit down and have a good time. I'll take care of it. Couldn't even do that. No, they all just left me and they sat in the house. I mean, he wouldn't be here if it hadn't been for me. I'm the one who invited him. I'm the one who went down and got him when he came into the village. I'm the one who said, Jesus, i got a place for you to come when you come over to my house. And Jesus said, yes to me. He didn't say, yes to Mary. He said, yes to me. He's only here because I asked him. And who's the one doing all the work? Aren't these the kind of thoughts that were probably going through Martha's head? And this just puts you in such a great frame of mind, doesn't it? You are just so ready to receive miracles, to receive the Word of God, you are just primed and you are ready, aren't you? (laughs) Oh, my. There's Mary, sitting at Jesus' feet, hearing the Word that Jesus is teaching. Hearing the Word (laughs) that Jesus is teaching. Verse 40, but Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone to serve? Therefore, tell her to help me. (laughs) Now, she says a whole lot in that one little sentence. First off, she tells us that she's been meditating on this for a while. Because the previous words of Jesus was, Would you please come to my house? I'll fix up some food. I'll make an area for you. She's just making it as inviting as possible. And somehow we got from that place to, Do you not care? You know, that's that's a big gap. It takes a little while to get there. So this has all been going on and... I mean, Jesus just having a good old time teaching the Word, answering people's questions or however it was that they were set up in this thing. And all of a sudden, here comes Martha out of the kitchen. Well, she's come out of the kitchen before, moving stuff, taking things out. We didn't think much of it. Here she comes out of this, this time. But this time she got her hands on her hips. <laughs> and she looks over at Jesus and says, uh, she said, Lord, do you not care? that my sister has left me alone to serve. Now, how many of you know, if you meet somebody, I don't know if they, this is the first time they met them, but you know, the relationship either way is kind of young. This isn't a good way to foster a long-term relationship. <laughs> Coming right on out there. and <laughs> Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone to serve? I'm here by myself. No one else is out there. Don't you care about that? I mean, you saw me come through. I mean, usually people, when they're in this mode, don't they drop a couple of pots and pans? (laughs) Make sure everybody knows I'm in here working. I could use some help. Nobody comes. And when you drop the pots and pans and no one even comes in to see if you're okay. Well, those turkeys. (laughs) Sitting out there having a good old time. And I'm in here. Working hard? I hope that they're enjoying themselves with Jesus. And the anger and the bitterness begins to come on up. What path is Martha following? Has she not put herself on the path of a doubter? Has she not become critical of, first off, Mary, her sister? Has she not become critical of Jesus Look what she says. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone to serve? Now, has she judged Jesus' motive? <laughs> She's not asking if he doesn't care. She's pointing it to him, I know you don't care, otherwise, you would have done something. Isn't that how people ask these kind of questions? I mean, they come on and you can tell from the tone. Do you not care? I'm not seeing any signs no visible caring at all, that my sister has left me alone. We didn't even find out that Jesus knew she had a sister, but I'm sure that Martha came up and said, Hi, Jesus, I'm... I'm or Mary came up, Hi, I'm Martha's sister. It's so nice to, to meet you and to have you here in the house. And, and uh, I'm looking forward to some of the things you're going to be teaching. i got some questions for you. And she just sat right on down there and Jesus saw her sit right on down there and... You know, probably it's customary for these folks to, you know, when guests came over, well, sisters should be in the kitchen helping, but she just sat right there and Martha's probably thinking, he knows that's customary. He knows that should happen. He's not doing anything about it. Not only does Mary not care, the Lord doesn't care. doesn't seem to care at all. And you know, you start fuming on this for a while, don't you? Nobody cares about me. And again, you go back to the fact that this meeting wouldn't even be going on if it wasn't for me. But Martha was distracted with much serving. So, as we said, Martha extended the invitation and expected Mary to help. But, you know, Mary decided to stay in the living room. Mary's just there with Jesus, sitting. Martha's not. She's out there working away. So, the Bible tells us that Martha was distracted with much serving. Well, is serving wrong? Is much serving wrong? I don't think any of those things are wrong, but being distracted with much serving is wrong. So what does this mean to be distracted with much serving? I looked up some things to some people who had done some some work. Like Martha. Isn't Martha doing work? She's doing work to get this meeting going on. In Exodus chapter 36, verse 1, And Bezalel, and Ahaliab Ahali, and every gifted artesian in whom the Lord has put wisdom and understanding to know how to do all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary shall do according to all that the Lord has commanded. Then Moses called Bezalel and Ahaliab, And every gifted artesian whose heart the Lord had put wisdom and everyone whose heart was stirred to come and to do the work. So they went out there and they got some of these guys, but they got guys and, and you'll notice this a lot when people go out and recruit in the Bible workers for projects. They got ones that were, and the Word of God tells us all these things. First off, gifted, had wisdom and understanding. Because I looked at quite a few of these things, and I noticed those three things constantly coming up: that they were gifted, they had understanding, and they were skilled or uh, had wisdom. So here we have this situation where they are called, to come on in, and they did the work that was needed. In 1 Kings 7:14, he was he was the son of a widow from the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a man of Tyre, a bronze worker, and he was filled with wisdom. And understanding and skilled in working with all kinds of bronze work. So, he came to King Solomon and he did what? All his work. Now, this is whose, whose work? Solomon's. How much bronze work do you think Solomon had to do? Oh, 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 my. He had bronze everywhere. If it wasn't gold and silver, it was bronze. All kinds of places. I mean, there's some places you just don't want gold and silver. You need a little bit more strength and so you put bronze in there. It looks nice and it's looking good. He came in and did it all. Think he was busy? Well, how can I tell if I'm distracted with much serving? Because it doesn't seem to be that uh, it's a problem to do much work it's the problem to do much serving. I mean, we even look at Jesus. Jesus would come into a town, then He would lay hands on the sick from morning till night. He would teach them from morning until night. He would teach them all day, He would say. Constantly we see this going on. So much so that He would withdraw at the end for, to, to get some rest and He would go away and, and pray and build Himself up. He was constantly uh, ministering to people, serving to people, teaching to people. If he's not being bombarded by the Pharisees and the Sadducees, then people are asking him legitimate questions or bringing people before him for healing and such. So what are some of the warning signs? Well, one, this is a really easy one. If you are distracted with much serving, I can't just sit and hear the Word. If you can't just sit and hear the Word of God... without your mind going to all different kinds of places and doing things, guess what? might be a sign that you are distracted with much serving. Because there needs to be a time, if you're going to serve effectively, that you need to just sit and listen to the Word of God and take the Word of God in. If you can't do that without being distracted by, a, well, I need to do this for so-and-so. Well, I should be over here doing this. and No, that's, get those things out of your head. Mary is not bothered by all the clanging going on in the kitchen. By all her sister's hints to come on in. I'm sure that there's a couple of looks that were exchanged, as sisters would do. You know, those uh, telepathic communications, that they would send one sister to another. See, women can do that. Women can send messages, and, and no words be done. Whereas guys can send messages differently. We and we do. We send messages very, very effectively. Just uh, we we don't involve our thoughts. They just there, there's no thoughts involved. We don't try and, and transmit the thought to one to another. Uh, most times we don't even talk because there's really no reason for that. Guys just have a way that if they're working together, can communicate with no words, no thoughts. It's just communicating. You know, you'll, you'll see this very often if, um, if, if two people are, you know, two guys are moving a sofa. I've moved a sofa with a couple of guys before, and you have uh, one guy on one side and then one guy on the other side. And you know how, you know, you come up to the door and you've got to turn the sofa you know, it it's it's if if two women are moving the sofa, you're probably okay. If two men are moving the sofa, you're still probably okay. But generally, if a man and a woman try and move the sofa, there's a problem. <laughs> now it's not always this way. But it can be this way. Because sometimes, you know, the guys were used to guys being on the other end, and when You're carrying the sofa. You know how two guys know which way to turn the sofa? One of them turns it. That's right. That's what happens. We don't say, do you want to go right or left? We don't do that. We just, one of us turns it and the other one just, oh, we're turning this way. (laughs) No words, nothing. We just go. Now, the women may ask each other or may use telepathy. And they, they tell each other what they're gonna do. But either way, they know what they're doing when they come up to the door, and they, they turn the thing just fine. But you know, when the, the, the man and the woman come together and they're trying to move the sofa, the man may give the signal that he's used to and turn the sofa, and they'll hear, what are you doing? Right? Come on, anybody ever done that? Or the woman sends the signal and the man's not picking up, what are you doing? We don't, we, don't, we don't understand it. We don't hear it. Now, you know, if you've been married a long time, you get to know each other, you can probably figure out how to, how to send those, those things out. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully you've done that. My wife and I have moved a number of things and we're still married. <laughs> and doing just fine. <laughs> but you know how these things can come up. And, uh, and, and these things can go on. But, you know, Martha is communicating things to Mary. However, they have learned to communicate with each other. And she is sending messages and letting Mary know, I'm expecting you here in the kitchen. If you were Mary and the sister of a person and the type that Martha is, would that distract you? Would that distract you from gleaning what Jesus is teaching? You could have a problem with that. See, so you need to be able to just sit and hear the word. You need to be able to just sit and hear the word and listen to the word and not be distracted by all the things that are going around. That's what you need to do. Make sure. I mean every week you should be spending time listening to the word. And my wife and I we stay pretty busy. But she's always got time to go in there and to and to pray and to listen to Jesus. Got time to she's she's got an iPod now that that works. <laughs> <laughs> And we put some stuff on it and she's going around the house now with the headphones on and to, and to listen to stuff and she's enjoying all, all, all the, the things. But she's always been one who wants to hear the word. If we go on a long trip, you know, well, the first thing is we, ha- we load into the car. The word, we There you know, used to be tapes. Now it's in the CDs. Now it's just MP3s. Just uh, make sure you got the iPod loaded up. All kinds of new stuff and, and we're good to go. You need to be able to just sit and hear the Word. How did you do this past week just sitting and listening to the Word? To pop on some Word to listen to some things? How were you at listening to the Word? Well, right, that's the first thing. If you can't sit and hear the Word anymore. You've always got so many things popping in your head, distracting you. Well, then probably you are distracted with much serving. How about I get mad at others who do? How many times have you ever seen somebody and they do get to sit and listen to the Word? And you get mad at them. That may be a sign that you are distracted with much serving because you want other people to get in here and start to serve the way you are. I make excuses for my need to always work for Jesus. Make excuses. Well, I need to just do... Well, no one else is doing... Well, I need to... No, you need to take some time off just to go away for, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes, 30 minutes praying, listening to the Word, doing some things, spending some time reading the Word. You don't always need to just work for Jesus. And hardly worship, pray, or fellowship with Him. I make excuses for my need to always work for Jesus and hardly worship, pray, or fellowship With Him. And the fifth warning sign that I wrote down here for you is Jesus does many things that I don't understand and I get mad. (laughs) Martha does not understand why Jesus does not get on her sister's case and send her into the kitchen. I don't understand. Lord, do you not care How many times have we started with some prayers? Lord, do you not care that I'm doing this? Lord, do you not care that I'm working so hard? Lord, do you not care that I'm... It seems to me that I'm not understanding something. And it may be that I am distracted with much serving. You see, if I get distracted with much serving, then when I go to listen to the Word of God, I keep getting distracted and distracted and I'm not getting the Word. I'm not getting understanding. I don't understand what my Father's doing. I don't understand what Jesus is doing. I don't understand how the Spirit is moving. On the path of a data, we can kind of peg where she's at. She's at step two. She's down over there, looking at, at these things. Might even be on three, blaming others. But she's at least at one, critical of others. Two, judging their motives possibly could be getting into the place of uh, blaming Mary and Jesus and some of the other people for all her problems that are going on right then? Lord, do you not care? Now, she's in the house with Jesus. We're not looking at mansions. We're looking at a house in a village. If she's in the kitchen and Jesus is in the living room, can she hear what's going on? Oh, probably. Probably so. Probably so. She can hear what's going on. Do you think she's getting anything out of Jesus' teaching? How remarkable would it be if Jesus was just teaching about love and she comes marching out of the kitchen? Lord, do you not care? (laughs) How, How ridiculous would it be if Jesus was teaching on some things and she came out and demonstrated the opposite? And she wouldn't even know because she's not listening. See, there's trouble with distractions. When I get distracted like this, I'm not getting the word. I'm not getting the nourishment. I'm not getting the things that I need in anymore. It's just like sometimes people's body. Sometimes they have a a parasite or some kind of a thing going on in their intestines. And while they're eating, they're not getting the nutrients that they need. Something else is sapping those nutrients or blocking those nutrients from being absorbed. And so they're eating, but they're losing weight. They're eating, or they're not getting a certain thing that they need to have. And their body is suffering. But but I'm eating. Uh, I'm listening to the Word of God. I'm hearing it. Yeah, but you're so distracted, you're not getting any nourishment from it at all. Because every time that the Word of God comes on, every time that you get down on your knees and begin to pray... Every time that you turn on a CD or you begin to worship God, thoughts come, distractions come. You're not getting the nourishment out of these things that you should. So Jesus goes on and he answered and says to her. Well, she answered, asked him a question, didn't she? <laughs> so I guess he can answer and say something to her. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. Martha. Now, we told you before that this is a warning sign whenever you hear the name two times. And we've talked about it a number of times, but I thought it'd be fun just as we went through the Word of God and let you know where these places are. Because there are a number of places in the Word of God where the name is repeated. And it's always for the same purpose. To get someone's attention. Back in Genesis 22, verse 11, Abraham, Abraham. God was getting... Abraham's attention because Abraham was about ready to kill his son. Abraham! Abraham! Hold it! Hold it! Hold it! It's getting your attention because immediate action is needed. Stop! Don't do it! (laughs) Hold on a minute. We're okay. We just needed to get this far. Stop right here. He needed to get get a hold of him. In Genesis chapter 46 verse 2 Jacob! Jacob! He's getting his attention. He's trying to 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 let him know some things about a trip he has to make. It's okay to make this trip. Look, don't be afraid. It's okay to make this trip. Exodus chapter 3, verse 4. You can kind of guess this one, can't you? Moses! Moses! God is getting Moses' attention because immediate action is needed and Moses needs to leave the wilderness and head on down into Egypt. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Samuel! Samuel! Of course, Luke 10. Right here, Martha, Martha. In Luke 22, verse 31, Simon! Simon! <laughs> got to get Peter's attention. Sometimes you got to work a little bit to, to do that. Acts chapter 9, verse 4. Saul! Saul! Why are you persecuting me? And there's a number of other places in Matthew chapter 7 and Luke chapter 6 where we have them addressing Jesus. Lord, Lord! Or oh, I'm sorry, not Jesus, uh, where they're addressing... Yeah, Jesus. Lord, Lord. Many will say. What? Lord, Lord. Didn't we... See, they're, they're trying to get His attention because immediate action is needed. We are in the wrong place. Lord, Lord. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. We're in the wrong spot. We're not supposed to be here. We, we did things. Even Jesus, when He was on the cross, cried out, Eloi, Eloi, my God, my God. And then Jesus, when He came to Jerusalem for the last time, He said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. See, whenever in the Bible, the name is called out twice, your attention is needed because immediate action Is required. Immediate action is required. Martha, Martha, what's he saying? Give me your attention because immediate action is needed. But one thing is needed. One thing is needed. Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Would it be better if she was worried and troubled about a few things? <laughs> it's not much better, is it? We're not supposed to be worried and troubled about anything, not a, let alone a few things, and certainly not Many things. Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. She's in there in the kitchen. What's she doing? She's worried about the inaction of her sister. She's worried about how we're going to feed all these people. She's worried about what's going to happen after this. What's going to happen? Where am I going to get this from? How am I going to get this going? What's going to happen over here? Why isn't Jesus doing anything? All these things are beginning to come up, and that's just today. That's just now while we're in the kitchen. He says, "You are worried and troubled about many things." So here's the word. here is the command. I'm, yeah, I need your attention. Martha, Martha, I need your attention. You are worried, troubled about many things. Then he goes on. But one thing is needed. One thing is needed. If Jesus comes up to you and He says to you, one thing is needed, what should you do? Pay attention to the one thing, yeah. That's what we should do. Pay attention to the one thing. If you are worried and troubled about many things, and He says one thing is needed, you should probably take all your attention from the many things and put it on the one thing. One thing. Does He mean tomorrow? No. He's talking about when He said, Abraham, Abraham. Did He say, tomorrow I have a word for you? No, He's saying Now, when he said Moses, Moses, he has a word for him now and he wants action now. When he says Samuel, Samuel, he wants action now. And he says Martha, Martha, when's he want action? Now. Now. I wonder if Martha went back into the kitchen. I don't know if she did or not, but I just wonder. Did Martha go back into the kitchen and finish the potatoes? Pull the thing out of the oven? Get the bread from, keep the bread from burning? What did she do after this? Did she go away and and continue to be mad? One thing is needed. If Jesus says to us, one thing is needed, we should probably work on that one thing. That's where our focus should be. We should put it all on there. He didn't want her focus on all these other things. He ex- she expected to come out of that kitchen and for Jesus to see all the work that Martha was doing and all the little that Mary was doing and to make a judgment between the two of them that Martha was in a better place than Mary. And Jesus didn't do that. He said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things but one thing is needed. And then he goes on and says, and Mary has chosen that good part. So he's saying, I'm not saying that Mary needs to learn from your example and go over there in the kitchen and help you out. I'm saying that you ought to learn from Mary's example. See, what happened was Martha invited Jesus into her home. And she got all distracted with all the things that had to go on to sustain that visit. And Mary looked at it differently. Mary came in and saw, Jesus is here. Normally, probably Mary was in the kitchen helping Martha. But not this time. She said, no, this is is good. What Jesus says is telling. But one thing is needed and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. What's the implication? If he's comparing Mary with Martha, what Mary has is not going to be taken away. What's Martha got? Something that will be taken away. What is Martha pursuing that will be taken away? And what has Mary pursued that will not be? Martha pursued to have Jesus in her house. This is going to be good. Martha wanted Jesus to be in the house. Oh, if I can get Jesus into the house, this will be good. She'll probably have bragging rights on this for a good long time. Because for Martha, the honor was having Jesus in her home. For Mary, it was not the same thing. For Mary, it was different. For Mary, it was having His words in her heart. Because eventually, folks, Jesus is leaving. He's not staying here. He's here for today. He's here for lunch. He's here for dinner. But then He's leaving. He's going on to the next village. When Martha pursued, she would eventually lose. Because Jesus would not be in the house anymore. But Mary pursued something that would never be taken away. Because even when Jesus leaves the village, the words that Mary absorbed... Would not go anywhere. One thing it says that she was lacking. One thing. What Mary went after was the understanding of the words of Jesus. In Psalms chapter 119, verse 130, these are not in your outline, you can write them in there if you want to. Psalm 119, verse 130 and 31. The entrance of your words gives light and gives understanding to the simple. I opened my mouth and panted for I longed for your commandments. The entrance of your words gives light. The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Oh, I opened my mouth and panted for I longed for your commandments. In Matthew Matthew 5, verse 13, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine in the before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You have been given light of the Word of God. And you're called to let those light, that light be a light to the world. The understanding that you have of the Word of God should never be kept to yourself. You should be looking for every opportunity to share it with your neighbors, share it with your co-workers, share it with your friends and your family. Share with relatives when they come. Share with people when they come to the house. You're looking for opportunities to share the understanding, the wisdom that you have on the Word of God. And there's all kinds of opportunities that you will have around. It was just two Wednesday nights ago that we looked over that teaching of May 21st being the Judgment Day. I don't have that ready to go up online, but I'll try and get that going. And it wasn't more than a week later that one of my neighbors came up and asked me about the May 21st Judgment Day. <laughs> asked me directly about that one. I said, oh, I can tell you some things about that. We just looked into this thing and we were able to help them out and to challenge them on some things on the end times. There's opportunity. When you take in light, you should look for the opportunity to give it back out to someone. Somewhere there is. Proverbs Chapter 1, verse 5, A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. A wise man will hear and increase learning. We should be wise. We should always be looking to increase learning. But if the distractions come in, if we're always being distracted with much serving, with much work, with much things, if we can't ever let the Spirit of God speak to us and tell us some things, give us some understanding, give us some revelation... How will we grow? A wise man will hear and increase learning. We need to increase our learning. We need to move in in that way. In the parable of the sower, it's over in Matthew chapter um, 13. I think it is. It's uh, verse 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what he has sown in his heart. This is not talking about sowing the gospel. This is sowing the word. This is sowing the word. And some people are ready to receive it. But some are not. They don't understand it. Why don't they understand it? Because their mind was given to distractions. They didn't meditate on it and they didn't get the understanding of it. We need to meditate on the Word of God. We need to get the understanding of it. We should be going over and over and over. And you all ought to have a book. We gave you one a number of years ago, for those who were here then, and you ought to have uh, filled it up or replaced it or done other things, but you ought to have some kind of a book, something around, that when revelation comes to you, understanding comes to you, you hear something that needs some, some some further meditation, that you have a place you can write it down. That you can come back to it later on. Because you don't want these things snatched away. But the devil is trying to. Because if he can snatch away the word that is sown in you, then you don't get the understanding. If you gain the understanding of the word, he can't snatch it. It's the word that you don't understand. Oh, I heard that. But you didn't understand it. You just heard it. It can be snatched away. For long, you won't even remember that you heard it. In Psalms chapter 49 verse 3 my mouth shall speak wisdom and the meditation of my heart shall give understanding my mouth shall speak wisdom and the meditation of my heart shall give understanding oh give apply your meditation apply your thoughts apply your thinking to this but if your thinking is constantly bogged down with distractions if you begin to meditate on that word that's in you, meditate and all of a sudden you're thinking about tomorrow. You're thinking about something that's due. You're thinking about, oh, i got to get that done. You're thinking, oh, this is coming up. And you can't ever apply yourself to thinking of those things. You never get the understanding and you never grow. My mouth shall speak wisdom and the meditation of my heart shall give understanding. That's one of those ones you can put on your refrigerator. And just go on and meditate on it. Father God, I thank You that as I meditate on this Word, You give me understanding. I am growing in understanding for this. One more verse. Psalm 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do His commandments. His praise endures forever. How does a person have good understanding? They do His commandments. Was Martha doing the commandments of Jesus? Uh uh-uh. uh. Because she got distracted with much serving. She actually got into a place she wasn't doing what Jesus had said to do. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and a good understanding. Have all those who do his commandments. You want to show that you have a good understanding of his word? Do his commandments. That'll show you have a good understanding of it. I mean, we've all heard things that are, are good things to do around the house good things to do on your car. How many have ever heard, you know, you should change your oil? We've heard that, haven't we? You know the people who have a good understanding of it? The people who do it. Those are the people who have a good understanding of what changing your oil does. Other people just hear it. If they just hear it, well, you know, if I get to it, you're not understanding. You're not not understanding what's going on, besides putting gas in your your tank, the next biggest thing you need to do with your car is change the oil. That's if you want the car to be around. If you don't care if the car lasts long, then do what you want. A good understanding of all those who do His commandments. When God says, thou shalt, you need to meditate on this. Don't worry. Who are the people who really understand that? The to do it. If I go around worrying, being fretful, not focused, what am I doing? And not His Word. If I'm distracted with many things, I'm not doing His Word. Jesus can come up to me, Steve, Steve. One thing you lack. One thing you don't have. One thing you need to focus on. Remember the rich man came to Jesus. What must I do to be born again? He, he just shirt on one thing. And gave him a one thing to do. He was disappointed because he couldn't do it. For Martha, the honor was having Jesus in her heart. For Mary, it was having his words in her heart. Do you honor having the words of Jesus in your heart? Do you meditate on them? Do you give them your focus and your attention? If you do, you won't be like the disciples who the teaching that they got over and over and over again completely slipped them lines when they were in the midst of his death and resurrection. When they were there on the third day and still didn't get it. You won't be like one of those if you meditate on His Word and get the understanding and then go out and put it to work and do it. So many things the Word of God has been here to teach us. So many things that has been put on the inside of us. His Spirit is helping us to understand these things. Glory to God. It is good. Would you all stand up with me?